This uh, little drasha should be Lil Nishmat, my grandfather who just passed away. And Yom Mordechai ben Regina is Neshama should have an Aliyah. Amen. And not just him, all the Neshamot that were lost over the past 72 hours, four days. Uh, it really breaks my heart to see what's been going on. I uh, personally haven't eaten in two days now. I have no appetite. And seeing, you know, seeing a little bit of content on social media <clears throat> about what's going on, it really, uh, it's horrible. That's why it's amazing that you guys came tonight. I know it's like a big uh, ratio difference, but everyone who came out tonight to listen to a little bit of words of inspiration, of chizuk, kol akavod, round of applause. <laughs> to yourselves. No, round of applause, I'm serious. And pat yourselves in the back, because you deserve it. So, I want to give you guys a few points that I saw, and I studied with my rabbi today, and I hope that it gives you a little bit of a, of a good feeling. You know, the, the nation of Israel, Am Israel, is a very resilient nation. We went through horrible things throughout history, and it's the biggest you know, testimony to us that we're, we believe in Hashem. You see now more than ever, people are, you see on videos, the, the soldiers are chanting and everyone's singing and they're praying even, even stronger. You know, me personally with Minyanim, I finished the book of Sefer Tehillim in four hours, uh, four times in the past 20, uh, 48 hours. I never finished Tehillim. But you see that when Hashem really pushes you, it brings out the best in you. And that's how you make a diamond, through pressure. Through pressure comes the sharpest and the most beautiful diamonds, right? So... My rabbi told me something fascinating, and I have to share it with you. It says in the Torah, Al tir'i tolat Yaakov. Hashem is telling us, don't, don't be scared because you're a worm. <laughs> Yaakov's other name is Yisrael, so it's saying, don't be scared, I'm Yisrael, because you're a worm. What does that mean? What? You don't hear anything? What? Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be better when he starts. Yeah. The Kitzer. The Hashem is telling the nation of Israel, don't be scared because you're a worm. What's Hashem saying to Israel? What's the power of a worm? Think about it. A worm goes in the ground and its only power is, is its mouth. Worms eat, but they're physically weak. If you notice, if a worm goes to a big tree, it can make a really big impact on that big tree, despite the fact the worm is physically weak. What does that show us? It shows us that Hashem is telling, Hashem is telling Am Yisrael that your only power right now in these difficult times is your mouth. To use your mouth to speak positively about one another. Don't speak Lashon HaRa about your fellow Jew. Use your mouth to say Tehillim. Use your mouth to learn Torah. Use your mouth to bring your friends up. You know, someone told me a Rambam last week, and he was telling me how there's levels to chesed. And he really put me in my place when he said this. He's like, oh, you go online, you make videos and things, but it's, it's easy to do that. It's easy to do chesed to people that, you, that you're not close to. It's easy to do chesed to people that are, that are not really in your circle. Go, in, go, go, go to your father or your mother and scream at them, Hashem loves you. Scream at them positive things. Go to your sister and make her life better. That's the real chesed. Hashem is measuring us by is measuring us by the difficulty of how hard it is, and you see you see clearly what the Rambam is saying. The chesed of doing something to someone closer to you in your life—that's the real ma'ala. 
That's really where Hashem is looking to see what are you worth. It's easy to do it to people that are not close to you. But especially in times like now, in times of distress, to go to the people closest to you and to choose to be nice to them. To choose to say something nice. They upset you? They say something that aggravates you? You know, especially me coming from a Moroccan household, it's uh, sometimes, you know, especially with the fish Friday night, spicy, makes us spicy, right? (laughs) This is what we're living for. Hashem gives you your exact background and your exact family and your exact situation because that is a situation that you need to overcome. You worried about finding your zivug? Don't worry. Let Hashem take care of you. You worried about how you're going to make money one day? Don't worry. Let Hashem take care of it. Literally throw your burden on Hashem and watch how Hashem's going to give you miracles in your life. Every single time that I personally put my bitachon, my confidence and my emunah, my faith in Hashem, Hashem showed me miracles that I cannot even explain to you. Mamash, miracles upon miracles. And every single time that I put my faith in the boss, in the person in my life, in anyone else besides God, God showed me no success. But when you put your... I'm not, I'm not just talking to you. I'm not like... I didn't come here tonight to come and to scream things. No, I'm talking to you like honestly. I go through this on a daily basis. I'm 23. I'm sure you guys are young around the room. I'm the same age as you. I go through the same life that you go through, but sometimes we can be so consumed, consumed by the world around us. We think that my problems are so big. <laughs> You're not the only person in the world. Everyone's going through the same thing. And if not harder or less, obviously you can't measure pain. But everyone in the world is going through difficult things. And what makes a person strong is to be able to put himself aside and to think about the other person. So I read something amazing. I'm not sure if the source is the Chafetz Chaim or the Gemara. I forgot what my rabbi said. I'm sure Rabbi Navon could uh, correct us. But there's a king in history. His name was Achav. Achav Arasha. And Achav, in his generation, and, play, and pay close attention because this is going to really shock your mind. Achav Arasha was a king. And in his generation, it says that, there, he, like, why does why does the Torah give him the name Rasha? You don't just call someone Rasha. It's like a very big title. Like, imagine you say Jonathan Rasha. Whoa, it's like it's big. You know, you don't just call someone a Rasha. Stam. So he was called a Rasha because he was the leader of his generation. And in his generation, you can go and you can see on every single mountaintop. And I think in Eretz Israel there were of uh, idols everywhere. Every mountaintop, idols. That's why he was called the Rasha. Well, listen to this. If you go over to a different lineage, you're going to see David HaMelech. In David HaMelech's generation, I'm not sure if... David HaMelech, right? In David HaMelech's generation, every single baby that was born knew Kola Torah Kula. Kola Torah Kula. Mamash, a different generation. Now, what's the compare and contrast? In Achav's generation, every single soldier that went out to war never died. In David HaMelech's generation... Every single soldier, uh, not every single, but soldiers died. So what's the obvious question here? How come in Achav's generation, soldiers didn't die? And in David HaMelech's generation, soldiers did die? Because in Achav's generation, nobody spoke Lashon Hara about each other. Now, if you go back a week ago, before the horrible events have been happening in Israel, you see that Israel was divided. Smolanim, lefties, and, and the righties, and the religious party and uh, the Arab parties, so many parties and, and different things going on and protests amongst the Jews themselves. And what does Hashem do? Boom, Makkah. By the way, this is, what year, this is what year of Rosh Hashanah where there was no shofar. The first day was Shabbat. And if you look throughout history, you see that on the year where there's no shofar on Rosh Hashanah, uh, the first Bet Amidash was destroyed. The second Bet Amidash was destroyed. 
Um, but you also see good things happening. The Mishkan was built and so on and so forth. You see throughout history that it's a very, very scary time. And it's a time more than ever to bring ourselves together. Because we learn from the story of Achav and David Melech, we learn from that that, the, that Lashon Hara is so critical. Your mouth, your mouth has the power to build or literally destroy entire nations. It says, it says in uh, my Bar Mitzvah parasha, it says, Shomer Pivulushono, Shomer Mitzvah Nafsho. Someone that guards his mouth and his tongue saves himself from problems that can happen to him. So the, so the obvious question, why does it say Piv Ushono? Mouth and your tongue. If you, if you stop yourself from overeating and you stop yourself from Lashon Ara, you're saving yourself from anything bad that can happen to you. Now I want to focus on this point of Lashon Ara. Lashon Ara is a very critical sin. How many shidduchs have been broken because of Lashon Ara? How many business deals went south or went up because of lying? So many things, so many relationships ruined. He said this, she said that. Rumors go around quicker than who knows what. Lashon Ara ruins lives. Now I'm not going to tell you to go to is it here? Orange Pizza Store and scream at everyone that Hashem loves you. What I am telling you to do is to work on yourself. Because the only way that you can make this situation get better is by looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing Eliyahu Navi. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and see Eliyahu Navi. You have to see someone that can do it. I can do it all. From now on, no more excuses. I didn't come from a religious home. You may think, oh, no. I grew up in a home where my, where my uncles and aunts, they drove in on Shabbat, on Shabbat dinners, on Chagim. Yeah, we were like traditional, but no one was really keeping more than that. So I know what it's like. I know the difficulty. But it says, According to your difficulty is according to your reward. And I know that majority of you are probably going to forget 90% of what you heard tonight. But if there's one message you can take home, take upon yourself something small. Really. I'm not just saying it lightly. I personally work on my speech so much. Sometimes you can say things and it can hurt someone and you have to be so careful not to hurt someone's feelings and to be empathetic and to think about the other person. Oy! Because derech eretz kadmala Torah. And that was exactly why in Achav's generation, no one died in, in, the, in, the, in, the, arm, in the, the soldiers didn't die. Because before you learn Torah and be a big tzaddik, have derech eretz. And, and what's the proof? Before Hashem gave the Torah, you had Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Avraham, Midat HaChesed, Yitzchak, Midat HaDin, Yaakov, Midat Ha, I think, Rachamim. They didn't have the Torah. Yeah, they learned it. Obviously, we learned in school. They had Ruach HaKodesh. They were able to put on Tefillin, Brit Milah, Pesach, Sukkot, Shavuot, fine. But the main things that we learned from our Avot, from our Avot, the, the, the ones that started this whole thing called Judaism, is that be a decent human being. Because many of us can go and can say, you know, there's so, there's so many tzaddikim out there and wow, but how many of them are real decent human beings? And that is the goal and that is the message, to be a human being before you be big in the Torah. And it's a lot harder than you think. It's a lot harder to you, than you think. To the extent that the Zohar says that kol nefesh achat he's basically someone who comes to this world and doesn't help one other person become religious, it's almost like he felt this tikkun. That's the extent of how, how hard you have to work on being there for other people. How hard is it to get one person to keep Shabbat, one person to put tzitzit, one person to put filin, 
or for the girls, one, one girl to help her to stop with the gossiping and the group chats and all that. I know it's hard, but you have to work on it. I want to finish with one more thing. The Chafetz Chaim told his students that World War II was coming. He knew. The Chaf- I don't know if you guys heard this before, but it's very interesting. The Chafetz Chaim knew that World War II was coming. And he told his students. So his students said, why don't you tell people to flee? Flee Germany, flee Poland, stop it before it happens. And the Chafetz Chaim said, no. If I tell them to flee, the, the decree is going to follow them. So what did the Chafetz Chaim decide in all of his infinite wisdom? Was someone behind me? Hi, Tzadik. <laughs> the Chafetz Chaim decided in all, in all of his infinite wisdom that the right thing to do was for him to write the Sefer of the Chafetz Chaim. To write the Sefer of Shmirat Lashon. And countless other books that we have today from his decision. Because he knew that once Hashem decides something, you can't stop it. It's very hard to, I mean, I don't want to say you can't. Obviously, prayer can fix things. Giving to Dakar can fix things. The worst of decrees can be nullified by us using our mouths the proper way. But the Chafetz Chaim knew that the Holocaust was coming. And he also knew that even if this decree is falling on that generation, he was thinking about the future generations to come. Because we learned so much from that Sefer. And one of the biggest things that we learn, if you open Shmat Lashon on the first page, that Hashem wants to send the Mashiach every single day. And it's us that don't let it happen. Our bad decisions. Us waking up in the morning and saying, we don't want to do it. We can't do it. How many times are we ever in a high consciousness? How hard is it to attain the high consciousness? To wake up and to say, Hashem, thank you for life. I'm excited to be alive today. I'm excited to go to the same job and be in the same family and go to the same shiur. And I'm just excited for life. It sounds crazy. But me personally, I have hard days. But some days I get up and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled because I'm alive. Today's a new chance. Hashem is constantly recreating the world, so we have no business living in the past. Because if you worship the person you were yesterday, or a week ago, or a month ago, or the mistakes that you used to make, you're worshiping the idol of who you used to be. That's not what God wants. God is infinite, He's unfathomable, He's unimaginable, and He's pure greatness. And we have a spark of Hashem inside of us. We have a neshamayi terah inside of us. And what Hashem wants for us is to connect to Him. What does that mean if you're, the, if you're the, the, the daughter or the son of a king? It means that you're a prince or a princess. So you have to hold yourself to a higher standard because you're royalty. So if Hashem is infinite greatness and infinite kindness and infinite goodness, then we have to resemble that. We have no excuse to follow the philosophies of the goyim and to do not watch the news. I saw it, it's horrible. We have no business following this train of thought that only makes us feel worse about ourselves. What you have to do in life is constantly action, action, action. Play offense. When you're not playing offense, you're playing defense. You're reacting to how you feel. You want to always be in offense. Think less, do more. You know it's the right thing to do, then do it. You have someone that you're in a, in a fight with, call them, ask for forgiveness. You can save someone's life. Every mitzvah that you do creates an angel and you don't know what happens after that angel is created. Yeah, you may not see it practically, but the power of doing good, especially in times of distress, especially now, you're creating worlds upon worlds that are not only helping you, but you're helping the nation at large. How many children were abducted? How many women were abused? How many missiles shot? I was just talking to someone today. He was telling me that 
that this guy keeps Shabbat, he's a Baal Tshuva, and he was telling me that while he was, while he was making Shabbat food, um, in deal, someone ran into his house, and she was saying, oh, did you hear about the news? No, I keep Shabbat now. And, she show, and while they're on FaceTime, they're, they're fa- the girl's FaceTiming her, I think her family from Israel, and while they're on FaceTime, they see them getting abducted. This is happening in real time. And whatever we see online, we're only consuming a percentage of a percentage of all the pain and all the bloodshed that's happening in real time. So what's the message for, what's the message for each and every single one of us? To do good and to use our mouths the right way. Because when you use your mouth the right way, when you use your mouth to say good, to speak good, and I really don't want you guys to forget this. Like literally go home tonight, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I can do it. I will be successful. No matter what happens, I'm going to have determination and I'm gonna, I've seen miracles in my life. I used to be so stressed about how am I going to get married and how am I going to figure out Parnassah, how am I going to figure out this and that and problems that I don't, I don't, I don't want to share in the public audience because I really, like all of us, <laughs> we have a hard life. I lost my grandfather a month ago, for God's sake. Like, you know, I, I know what it's like to go through. I'm not, I'm not saying it because I'm a misken. I'm not trying to come here in front of you today and paint this picture of, oh, feel bad for Jonathan. No, I'm a human being that went through those emotions, that had that pain. But at the same time, I can tell you that my neshama knows that he's in a better place. My neshama knows that what's, that's, that what's happening in Israel is for the best. Even though it's horrible and it's hard to even fathom it. The people that just came, I didn't eat in two days. Like, it's breaking my heart. But you have to accept Hashem's will for the best. And the only thing you can do now is to use your mouth for the good and to take upon yourself things and be'ezrat Hashem to stop the bad decree in Israel from happening. Amen. And may we see Mashiach Sitkenu. Amen. I just want to say one more thing. You know, some people say that the Rebbe's Mashiach and different religions and things. If Mashiach was here and Mashiach should be here, but just so you should all know, if Mashiach really came, there wouldn't, there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be a war in Israel. There wouldn't be a war in Ukraine and Russia. When Mashiach comes, it's a promise that all the nations are going to put their swords down and there will be peace in the world and the Jews will rise to the top. But like we said, first page, Shmerat Lashon, look it up. Mashiach wants to come every day, but we stop that from happening. Mashiach is a reality. Things can stop happening immediately and the Jews can rise to the top and we can be parading in the streets. Be'ezrat Hashem. But despite what's happening, now is the testing period. Now is the time where Mashiach is still not here. He should come soon. Now. Amen. Amen. But while he's still not here, we still have the chance to show Hashem that we're his loyal children. Because despite the Yom Kippur War, the Six-Day War, the Holocaust, and many other things that happened throughout history that were horrible, we don't stop going to shul and praying. We don't stop believing. We don't stop chanting, Hashem melech, Hashem malach, Hashem imloch le'olam va'ed. Because even though our hearts carry pain, our souls know the truth. Thank you for listening. I'd like to-